continuing through that series of Fruit of the Spirits. And uh, we've got a couple left. Today is gentleness. And um, gentleness and meekness are kind of linked in the Bible. Okay, they're kind of, uh, they're entwined together. You're going to hear the word meek some. You're going to hear the word gentle some. But they mean the same thing to a certain extent. And we'll talk about that and we'll break that down today. But these qualities of meekness and gentleness are misunderstood and undervalued today's in this world. You see it all the time. Too often people tend to angrily overreact or passively underreact. What we're going to look at today is me and God from a meek general standpoint, and then me and others. Because you don't want to just go me and others because, listen to me, you, meekness and gentleness is a spirit deal. And it's very difficult, especially today, okay, to be meek and gentle in a world that just doesn't make a lot of sense. Okay? I mean, look at Dallas. That didn't make a lot of sense. Okay? But meekness and gentleness is not subject to circumstances. It is still asked to be given. Okay? And we'll look at that today. I want you to think a little bit about meekness and gentleness. I think the, one of the best examples of gentleness, or the best illustration of gentleness, is if you look at an elephant. You ever seen an elephant in its size? There are 40,000 muscles that are in an elephant's trunk. Elephants' trunks can just wrap around a tree and yank it out of the ground. They can pick up cars and move them. If you've ever been to the circus, big old elephants will come out. They'll take up pretty much, you put two or three in that arena, take up that whole place. They'll bring out a little girl, weigh a buck 12, okay, and, and, and she'll just tap an elephant, and the elephant do anything she tells it to do. What's, what's crazy is there'll be a little stool right here. A big old elephant comes out. She'll tap his leg. He'll put his leg up on there and a paintbrush and paint his, paint, paint his toenails. Big old elephant. That elephant go and send that little girl to Jupiter, okay? But that, I mean, I'm telling you, elephants are so meek and gentle but are so big and strong. Meekness and gentleness is simply strength under control. That's what it is. Strength under control. Too many times today in the world, we see strength out of control. And, and, and what we need to see and what you can see is gentleness, and that is strength under control, under control. I want to look at a couple things. If you look at the word meek, meek simply means yielded, teachable, responsive, okay? The, in, in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, where the whole series comes from, these are fruit of the Spirit, meaning in there, Jesus said, if you have the Spirit living in you, okay, you can have the fruit of gentleness, okay? If you do not have the Spirit of God living in you, the chances of you having a spirit of fruit of gentleness Probably not existent, okay? It's probably not there, okay? I want you to look at Galatians 5, and then we're going to, I just want to jump through that a little bit. Galatians 5, 22, that's our whole text. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, 
gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Keep going. 24 says this, those who belong to Christ Jesus have been crucified, the sinful nature and its, and its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit and not become conceited and provoking and envious of each other. There's a key phrase there that if you don't get that phrase with the Spirit of fruit, you're not going to get it. You've got to keep in step with the Spirit. Outside of the Spirit of God, living in you, actively living inside of you, trust me when I say gentleness will not be on your tree. I'm just telling you. You will be an angry person. You will jump, overreact, then have to apologize. Let me say something to you. When you are a person not under the Spirit's control in the area of gentleness, you become a hot-tempered man, we'll look at it in a little bit, and a man that, or a woman that has quick reaction to everything. Listen to me. Nobody who has a home near a volcano sleeps well at night. Is that true? I mean, I'm telling you, if you sleep in a house next to a volcano, you don't sleep as comfortable as you could. I don't care what your sleep number is, okay? It's just not going to happen because you have no control and no idea when that top might blow. Man, if you live with someone like that, the whole home has to rotate around it. It's a factor of everything. It's a factor in every decision. It's a factor in locations. It's a factor who comes over because you do not want a volcano on display with people coming over, okay? Let's look. Meekness, yielded, teachable, responsive. Beautiful words. Who's that related to? My relationship with God. Are you yielded, teachable, and responsive to God? Secondly, meek in the area of humble, gentle, and respectful to other people. See, it's two ways. If I'm going to be a person of meekness and a person of gentleness, I must be a person that's teachable. I must be people that, a person who, who is under God as God teaches me and grows me in this area. Then I can be a person to others that is humble and meek and responsive to other people. You see what I mean? You can't be gentle and meek to people if you're not first to God. I, I promise you. If you're cocky and arrogant and hot-tempered to God, are you going to be that? I'm thinking you're going to be that way to people. I've never met a cocky man that wasn't cocky to God. That's just the truth. Arrogant men and women towards others are usually cocky, arrogant men or women to God. Now, let's just say you're a cocky, arrogant man to others, and God says, this points out an area through the Holy Spirit in your life. That ain't me. Sorry. I'm so good. You're probably so thankful you got me as one of your children. I am really good. I'm like the best thing since sliced bread and peanut butter. I know you feel lucky. Every day is Father's Day because I'm one of your kids. Listen, cocky and arrogant people don't change. They don't because they don't have to. 
So if our relationship is cocky and arrogant to others, most likely it's cocky and arrogant to God. Most likely. Meekness is an important part of love. We see in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 and 5, love is patient, love is kind. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. The Bible places much value in this in Matthew 5 where he says, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Mm. Meekness and gentleness are interchangeable in Scripture, but they're different. Gentleness refers mostly to action. Gentleness is an action. Where meekness refers to what? A state of mind and action. So meaning, meek is a mental state. It's an attitude thing where gentleness is an action thing. Okay? Meekness is one of the be attitudes. Okay? In Matthew 5, 5. Romans 12, 2 says this, Do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. So if my mind can be renewed in the area of meekness, then my action becomes gentle. But I'm going to tell you, if you can't get under God in the area of meekness, you will not have the action of gentle. Just telling you. You just can't go, well, i got to be gentle. You don't wake up thinking, be gentle. That's just not a, you don't. That is the mind. you got to get in the word. You've got to get spirit-filled. you got to keep in the step of the spirit. you got to say, God, help me be gentle. I mean, anybody in here just says, I, gentle, I got that down. It's like patience. I score 100. <laughs> Excuse me. We'll pause while the arrogant leave, okay? Because there's no way you can do that. That's hard to do. Okay, gentleness doesn't happen unless meekness happens first. Meekness must precede gentleness. It has to, okay? Many people confuse meek with weak, mainly because they rhyme. (laughs) I'm just saying, they don't understand a definition of either one, but they rhyme. Meek, weak, okay? Uh, That's just what they do. But the sad thing is, Meek does not mean weak. Oh, my gosh. I want you to look at Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. I want you to just see meek, and I want you to tell me if this is weak, okay? Philippians 2. Look at verse 6 and 7. Who, that's Jesus, okay, being the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being formed in the appearance of man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Oh, Jesus was just a wimp. Oh, really? See, he was God. He was all God. But he became man for me and you. He became nothing, even obedient unto death on a cross. That is meek that is not weak. Amen. Anytime doing that, he could have, he could have summoned heaven. He could have summoned the power that he possessed. And I'm telling you, any time could have stopped the beating, could have stopped the insults, could have got off the cross. 
anytime. But my friend, he became nothing mm, when he was something. He became nothing. He became meek, and because of his meekness, he got under the Father's obedience. There's no other way this cup can pass from me. No. He got under it, and out of that, we saw the gentleness of Christ through the whole Via Dolorosa crucifixion story. The whole time. You could have seen the warrior. You could have seen the power of the king there. But what you saw was a humble servant that was meek, even unto death. Where are you? People say, well, all the time, I just want to be like Jesus. Whoo! That is a massive phrase, my friend. That's a massive phrase. Okay? There is being like Jesus. When's the last time at home or at work or wherever you became nothing so he might exalt you to be something? He says, meek will inherit the earth, not the proud and arrogant. Meek. I want you to see this also, that, that our meekness is directly related to the company that we keep. Most meek, gentle people have meek, gentle people around them. Most cocky, arrogant people have cocky, arrogant people around them. You say, how's that happen? I don't know. There must be a built-in magnet that attracts those people. I don't get it, but you see it all the time. The confusion is that hair-triggered, angry reactions are becoming normal. That's sad. As a result, some people assume that a person who doesn't retaliate tit for tat must be afraid or mousy. Man, you're not going to do anything? You're not going to throw a hammer at your neighbor? He can't treat your fence like that. It's a fence, okay? I mean, we, we wanted revenge on everything. But true strength is shown in the security of an individual who stays cool thinks first, then responds in a way to other people. It's not in reacting, but in acting. Trust me, Jesus was the woman brought to him in adultery. Jesus could have reacted to that, but he didn't. He acted in that. Okay, They reacted. He acted. Aren't you glad that when we sin, he acts and doesn't react? But what we do too many times when people sin, we react. We react. We're not asked, if you want to be like Jesus, you must act, not react. Jesus never reacted. He acted. Spirit-led. Sometimes our reaction outruns the Spirit of God. And then we say something or do something that's totally out of balance. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Proverbs 15, 1. Once you keep going back to Proverbs, i got more for you. I know Proverbs isn't nice sometimes, but uh, they're good. All right? Look at Proverbs 15, 18. A hot-tempered man stirs up dissension, but a patient man claims calms a quarrel. I want you to go to Proverbs 22. Flip over a couple of pages. 22, 24. 22, 24. Do not make friends with a hot-tempered man, and do not associate with one easily angered, or you will learn his ways and get yourself ensnared. Mm. I know, I know, 
your friendship with those kind of people, that's your mission field. The problem is you've been on that mission field for 15 years, and you're more like them than they are you. (laughs) People sell that line to me all the time. Well, you know, if I don't hang out with them, who's going to hang out with them? Jesus called me to hang out with them, to, to be their friend. Fine. But somehow you have to understand that when you first started hanging out with them, you were not hot-tempered, but now you're hot-tempered. Now hot-tempered has come home. Your kids walk around you, and your wife is uncomfortable in the same bed with you. So this mission field that you're on is not working because them boys out there, they're just as hot-tempered as they were the day it started, and you're just like them now. Listen, I know walking down the streets of New York City when you pass a manhole because you can smell it. Amen? I don't have to pull the lid off and get down in it to tell you that's ugly. I can smell it. It's fine to have brothers that have hot tempers, but you got to remember who you are, and you got to be spirit-led as you go forth because if you're not careful, you'll become like them, and you will begin to be exactly what you didn't want to be. Jesus set an example while on earth. Although he could have called divine powers we talked about, he, he was approachable, sympathetic, kind, and loving. It says in Scripture in Matthew eleven twenty nine, 29, Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly. Some say humble in heart. He says, learn from me. Now, let me, let me just be real, be real, real, okay? I can promise you that the gentle side as a pastor, that's my weakest side, okay? Because for me, I grew up hunting, I grew up fishing, I grew up with an Indian granddaddy who worked hard, I grew up playing sports, I grew up in a generation of old school coaches, and they use the word suck it up, okay? And that's how I grew up, and that's how I am by nature. So what I do in pastoring is, from a simple from sympathy, compassion, and gentleness, and meekness, that is where I would score the worst. But under the Spirit, I can do that, okay? you got to know your weakness, brother. If you don't know your weakness, you're in trouble. My weakness is that side because I would much rather, in counseling, listen to their story, look at them, and say, suck it up. I'd have real, real quick counseling sessions. If I was paid by the hour, I'd starve to death, okay? We're not going to be in their hours, okay? So, so one of the things that I did as a dad is I made lunches for my children ever since they were in kindergarten all the way through. And so our house is divided from morning people to night people, all right? <laughs> Melissa and Brett, they don't really need sunrise. They just really are into the sunsets. I love both, but I love mornings. Natalie's my morning girl. So in the morning at our house, I would be at the island making sandwiches while, while the kids ate. Most of the time when I say kids, Brett's not on location quite yet, but Natalie is. So Natalie, one particular day, they were in middle school. Natalie's sitting at the bar, and she's having breakfast, and she's telling me, and this has gone on for a little while, about how mean girls are and how 
bad it is at school and how she doesn't want to go to school and would love to drop out of school and get a great job and all this. I'm just fixing sandwiches and all this other stuff. So this just keeps going and going and going and going and going, okay? And so I just simply listen while I'm making sandwiches, and I look over to her, and I said, Natalie, baby, here's the deal. You're just going to have to suck it up. Okay, so I'm just, I look up, and big old tear rolling down her face, and then she exits. I'm like, oh, boy. So you know who's coming. And so here comes my non-morning person wife, (laughs) and she says, uh, Jeff, yes, did you tell Natalie to suck it up? <laughs> yep, I did. She said, listen, you can't tell your teenage daughter to suck it up. It just doesn't work. I said, baby, it works with Brett. Jeff, he's big, lineman, shot put. That's different. I said, okay, but baby, she just needs to suck it up. <laughs> she says, you cannot say that to your daughter. I said, fine, fine. So I start to walk off, and she's going that way, and I said, well, she still needs to suck it up. (laughs) And she says, I heard that. I was like, but she still needs to suck it up, okay? So here's what I have to do. I have to learn from him. I have to learn from him. That is not natural for me. That What you saw there was Jeff making breakfast in Jeff's flesh. That's how I would deal with that. That's how I deal. I was not in the spirit then with my daughter. I wasn't. My pastor hat was off at home, okay, just telling you. I mean, yes, suck it up, fit. That's not exactly what I needed to say, okay. Husbands, I would caution you to use that with your wife or your daughters, okay. It's not good, okay. Follow your pastor's lead. But we have to learn from him. He says, get up under me and be teachable and let me teach you how to do that. See, he, he scores 100 in all the fruit. I don't. I have some that are better and easier for me, some that are real hard. Gentleness is hard, okay? If you know me well enough, I, that's kind of, that's just the truth. It's where I am, all right? I want you to go to Galatians. I want you to go to Galatians. Galatians chapter 5. Now, Paul knows this about us. The greatest power on earth is the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay? I want you to look at Galatians 5.13. 5.13. You, my brothers, were called to be free, but you do not use your freedom to indulge in sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. Mm. The entire law is summed up in a single commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. And if you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out. You will be, you will be destroyed by each other. You, this gentleness fruit, this branch that has gentleness fruit on it, is not there just for you and God. It's for you and others. We have got to stay in tune and step with the Holy Spirit of God so that the fruit of the Spirit flows through us and through that vine and branch, and it bears that fruit. Because our brothers and sisters in the walls of the church and outside the walls of the church need to see a Christ-like gentleness. Let me tell you, man, 
some of the meanest things I've ever seen have been in church. That should not be. That should not be. That should not be. I want you to go to John. John 15. John chapter 15. I want to begin in verse 1. John 15, 1. I am the vine, or I am the true vine. And my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it's even more fruitful. You are already clean because the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Verse 5. I am the vine, and you are the branches. If a man remains in me, and I in him, he will bear much fruit, but apart from me, you can do nothing. Listen to me. Apart from me, you can bear no gentleness. See, that's how you got to read this stuff. You, you read it, otherwise it doesn't make sense. See, apart from me, you will bear no patience. Apart from me, you will bear no meekness. Apart from me, you bear no gentleness, no goodness, no self-control. You say, well, I don't need him. Yes, you do. You can. Well, I got everything I needed when I got saved. You got what you needed when you got saved. Now you've got to walk in it and work in it. You can't just go, well, I got Holy Spirit set it up on the bookshelf. Go live your life. Got a Christ in your life. Where's that book at? I ain't read that book in a long time. What? You cannot put the Holy Spirit on a shelf and go live a life in this world. You can do that. Jesus said you're in it, but you're not of it. You are the light I put you in. This world. Listen to me. You cannot be gentle without remaining in him. You can't. There's no way. So, so absolutely, our relationship with God is big time dependent on the, the time we spend with him. Because the time we spend with him, the Holy Spirit flows through us. The more intimate your time with the Father, the more intimate the Holy Spirit flows out of you. The more supernatural the Holy Spirit flows out of you. Trust me, I've said a thousand times, you cannot try to produce gentleness. Something might pop out, but it might not be gentleness. You can't strain your way to gentleness. Gentleness flows out, my friend. A conduit that is not clogged by sin will flow, beautiful flow, Holy Spirit gentleness. But I'm going to tell you, if your arteries mm, are messed up, the flow of gentleness will be impeded. You might need to root them out. Nobody can root them out like the Father. You see, some of us have been on a one, two, three-month absence from God because we've been chasing life. I'm going to tell you this. Life's winning. Okay? You can't chase life <laughs> and not chase God. You, I know it may be a busy season, but you've got to chase God and then do life. You can't chase life and then do God. Okay? Just saying. I'm saying because I love you. Okay? Been there, done that, you can't do it. You say, well, I'm a preacher, you're a pastor, you struggle in areas? Mm-hmm. When I chase life and not God, I struggle. 
That's just the truth. Because I'm not designed to chase life. I am hatched and designed to chase God. And if I'm going to be a spirit-filled believer, chasing life's not going to get me there. Chasing him will. Constantly being filled or refilled every day with the Holy Spirit of God. Walking, keeping in step with that. Now, how is our relationship with others affected? Good question. I go back to Galatians and we'll end here. When you talk about, uh, when you talk about gentleness, this is a scripture that pops out to a lot of people. Okay, And I want to end with this. This is Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. I'm going to read all 10 verses because I don't know where in the world to stop. It's all good. Galatians 6, 1. Brothers, if someone is caught in sin, ye who are spiritual should restore him gently. But watch out for yourselves also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens in this way and you fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Each one should test his own actions, and then he could take pride in himself without comparing himself to somebody else. For each one should carry his own load. Anyone who receives instructions in the word must share all good things with his instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please the sinful nature, from that nature he will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the spirit, from that spirit he will reap eternal life. Verse 9. Let us not become weary in doing good, for in proper time you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. Therefore, as you have opportunity, let us do good to all people especially those who belong to the family of believers. If you see someone caught in sin, you must restore the brother and sister gently, with gentleness. I have seen the attempts to restore someone before, but I would not, I can, I can tell you that not always gentleness was in the room. Okay? Too many times what was in the room was too much flesh and too much of own arrogance, too much spiritual uh, hierarchy, okay? Listen to me. Philippians 2 says that Jesus himself became nothing, nothing. The church and brothers and sisters have a part in iron sharpening iron. I mean, there's a place for that, but I'm going to say something to you. That must be done with an act and a spirit of gentleness. Big time. Okay? Big time. You're not. mm, You're not. I'm not the Holy Spirit. I'm not. I'm an instrument for the Holy Spirit. And my job is to restore a brother or sister, but my job is not to fix them. Okay? Or point out what needs fixed. My job is to gently restore them and turn them over to the Holy Spirit. Listen to me. When someone turns you over to the Holy Spirit, you in trouble. Because <laughs> I'm just saying. My mom used to say all the time, when I would have an attitude, she'd say, I'm going to pray for you about that. 
I'm like, please don't pray for me about that because those don't go well for me, okay? But you've got to do that. I mean, too many times in the church, we, we want to restore brothers and sisters, but we don't always do it spirit-led and with the spirit of gentleness. We can do nothing apart from him. Listen to me. I don't know where you are in your relationship with Christ in the dead of summer. Some people's relationships with Christ and that intimate time with Christ kind of takes a back seat because of the crazy schedules. Listen to me. When it's 103 degrees outside, you're going to need to be tapped into the Holy Spirit of God because gentleness might not come, okay? It might not come out. I've seen hot rattlesnakes. They're not nice. They're not nice. And so don't be a person around other people in the church or people you love that, that is not under the Spirit's control and not keep it in step with the Spirit of God. Because you need to every day get in the presence of the Lord. And if you have a weak area like I do in the area of gentleness, God, I need you to help me be gentle today. And I'm going to tell you, when I do that, that comes through that conduit. And his Spirit has no problem being gentle. Mine does. Mine does. I need his flowing through me to others. Okay? As we come to a time of invitation, I say it uh, each week, or I try to say it each week. Here's the deal on the messages. I simply want you to ask, God, what did you, through the Holy Spirit, say to me? It, it may be totally different than your spouse. But here's what we're held accountable for, is what the Holy Spirit said to us. That's what, that's what it is. And so this, t- this morning, do an invitation. The altar's open. People are here to pray for you. You may be a family looking for a church home, and what you have sensed the whole time you're sitting here is, it's time to join the church. It's time to make this church our home. You may be needing some prayer in this area. You may be that volcano, and your family might sleep around you, and they don't sleep well. You might be that hot rattlesnake in West Texas, and everybody doesn't know what to do. They don't know when you're going to react. Don't be that person. Don't be that person. If you're that person because you're not saved, get saved. Be born again and let the Spirit of God flow through you. That's not his nature. He won't be that way. So let him take control of that. I'm going to ask you to stand, and then we're going to have a word of prayer. Father, this morning as we stand, as blood begins to flow down to our legs, I pray, Father, that the Holy Spirit of God has led us to make any decision, Father, that the Holy Spirit has spoken to us in an area, Father, that we will be quick to obey that. As our altar team is down front, they're ready to receive you. They're ready to pray over people. God, if, if there are people here that are looking for a church home, God, I pray you send them this morning. If there's a man or a woman that says, I am not a nice person in the area of gentleness, God, that you would send them to their knees and their face to cry out to you and say, God, restore that area of my life. God, whatever you need to do this morning, you do that. Father, on the other side of obedience is always blessing. May we be obedient to you today by obeying what the Holy Spirit